turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. All right. Let's get into it here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Monday. It's good to have you along with us. RD is here. Paul's here. Uh, there's some changes coming to the morning show. I can't give you the definite ones yet, but I can I can tell you that the morning show is going to move to three hours. I'll tell you what, three hours tomorrow. How's that? Just join me tomorrow, and we'll we'll make our way through this. Uh, some changes were made over the weekend now normally before they make changes they let you know what the change is going to be uh what happened is they said they had to make the changes now and they were going to do the paperwork today and so i'll be on today from till six till eight o'clock then we'll take a break and do an hour of the uh, financial show and then i'll be back on again at uh nine o'clock and mark johnson's going to be with me so it's going to be kind of a different day but just hang with us we'll get it figured out and get it straight as far as that goes because we got that going on we've got all kinds of new changes going to our computer system the it people came in over the weekend and they're changing stuff putting new equipment in and so if all of a sudden Somebody starts talking backwards. Uh, know that the reason that happened is because the IT people came in. I I hate when the IT people come in because you just never. Heidi's sitting over there on pins and needles. I know she's sitting over there going, I got my fingers crossed, toes crossed, my eyes crossed, hoping that everything goes exactly the way it should. So anyway, just uh, just ride along with us. Uh, same great content as we always have for you, so it should be a lot of fun. Over the weekend, I was watching um, Bob Clawson, so I'm assuming that I was watching probably Channel 16. And uh, he had, was it Capital View? Is that uh, the name of the Channel 16 uh, political show? I can't remember. I just know I remember Bob because I know Bob and Bob's been here. Uh, forever as well and he had uh, governor asa hutchinson on and uh, hutchinson was in uh, new hampshire last week new hampshire huh okay so he was in new hampshire and i don't know if if the governor caught on to bob or not but bob was basically asking are you testing the waters for, you know, presidential run? And uh, from what I could tell, 
the governor was saying yes. He's been saying that for a while. Has he been saying that he was going to run? He's been hinting that. For well, a while. hinting, hinting is one thing. Hinting, when when you when you him. say you're 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 testing the waters, that means that you're going to run. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. I just don't understand why he thinks he has a chance at the presidency. Well, I don't either, but evidently he thinks so. I mean, he must believe what what is it? His son-in-law that's got common ground, a new political party. Oh yeah, that new yeah, yeah they're running. Yeah, they're running a lot of candidates. Now, is, common, is that's that his nephew? I think it's a nephew. Well, I'm, is he gonna? Is he gonna? Run a national common ground party? Well, I don't know. Maybe that what would be more in line with Ace's ideology. Ace's ideology is to be common ground is to be is to get elected with taking the conservative uh, part of the what he would call conservative part of the Democrat Party and the liberal part of the Republican Party. You take that combination in the middle of the two, and and it makes him. It makes him tough. That's the way they've controlled Arkansas, and Arkansas's uh, uh, elections, where you can vote either way in the primaries, the I open primaries. Just so know. everybody knows, let me let me make myself clear on this. Please give us a closed primary on the Republican side. Do the Democrats want to be open? That's fine with me. <laughs> I I want to be closed. Well, so it, it, is, it is bizarre. You. It Tell is bizarre. What that gets it is bizarre, though, because what what you end up having is anybody can vote in the primaries and and then choose the the um, the person that the that the that the political party is going to in, endorse the or, or support. The only thing that saves us on this is that if you vote in the primary Republican, you got to vote in the general Republican. Yeah, but, so there's no Democrats that that have a chance. These these days in, well, in they don't districts. have a chance no matter who they run i'm in, just in saying they, they, right, they screw things up so badly they don't have a chance right, except the democrats except, are choosing our republican candidate trying in large part uh, and because they, they come over and vote for the most liberal uh republican sure. and then if that republican is funded by let's say i don't know the chamber of commerce <laughs> blue cross blue shield walmart Tyson Foods, J.B. Hunt, then that makes a candidate that has the Democrats and the money and then the Republican Party of Arkansas's endorsement many times, then that makes a pretty tough candidate right. to be. It, it is a mess, though. And, in, and then even then in, there's, a, there's still a few Democrat strongholds where if you want to vote in the in the uh, election at all, you have to vote in the Democrat primary. And so that, that's it. Make, that kind of throws a, a weird monkey wrench into things as well. Well, it's going to be weird. All right, it's, it's strange. Uh, it, operation craziness is, you know, Rush used to talk about this having Republicans vote in the Democrat primary. I didn't like that idea just mm-hmm. because of what we're talking about here with the Democrats getting in the Republican side. So um, you got to, and you've got to watch out what they say to you if you do vote. If you cross party lines and you do vote Republican, let's say, and you're a Democrat, then you have to vote Republican when you get to general election. There's another thing that Ace has done that really looks good on the national level. He's took he's taken taxpayers' money and and given it directly to Blue Cross and Blue Shield 
for the people from the 100 to 138% of poverty level for Obamacare. So he's been able to take Obamacare and hand the money to insurance companies and make the insurance companies and the hospitals a lot of money because they can write their own laws. So that's another instance to where the insurance company gets the gets the customers without having to do anything except, you know, help some politicians. So that on a national letter on national level would make the insurance companies in this country back him like crazy because they could roll out, you know, Arkansas why work nationwide, <laughs> then uh that could make a lot of money for insurance companies. That's the reason we got Cindy Gillespie up here from Romney Care running DHS of Arkansas so she can help roll out this social health care program that takes Obamacare money and gives it straight to insurance companies. So he's a pretty good candidate, believe it or not, the way I look at it nationwide because he is very much, you know, left of center, which he can – he says – he can charm the Republican side and, and, and talk about the taxes that he's cut, and he can woo the the Democrats by all the programs that he's that he started. So, so, so he looks get, tough to me. So you get the the kind of the 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 worst of both worlds. And some on some level, you got the crony capitalism from the Republican side, and you have the um, socialism from the Democrat side. He's the best conservative socialist I've ever seen. Well, he'll have a hard time. He'll have a hard time in the presidential. Uh, primaries two years from hence, or I guess not. Yeah, about two two years, about yeah, twenty twenty three yeah, when they start hot. really running. It'll be hot and heavy. It'll be interesting because in he's going to have to run against DeSantis. Probably, I would be surprised if DeSantis didn't run. I think Abbott will run. I think Nome will run, and I think Nikki Haley may run. And, and just about that, all, that's some pretty tough competition well, and, for and, and those people, the former governor. But to run. the money speaks a lot on the national. Well, and, and those well, people can rip him to shreds not. over his his um, his veto of the um, the bill to to allow or sorry to to ban children from having sex changes. That that's that's something that they can rip him to shreds over. Well, um, never never and, forget that. Uh, you know, everybody about uh, eight years ago, when uh, Trump came down the escalator and he decided to run, no one gave him a chance, and the the golden boy was Jeb Bush, because mm-hmm. Jeb Bush had all the money behind him. And he was a flop. And it didn't take long <laughs> for everything to go south of the border. <laughs> That's true, but you know, ever ever election's different, and... and Momentum goes both ways, but yeah, I would say he's yeah. he's a real good Jeb Bush. And uh, and um, I, well, I, I more, actually let's think, put it this way: he's more Jeb Bush than uh, Jeb Bush is uh, Hutchinson. Well, you know, he was uh, he was also you know he was the the head of the Republican governors group, he, so he's very much on that, and so he's been. He's been going up there and kissing up to Trump. You know, when Trump was running, you know, he didn't like Trump. But when Trump was elected, then, then you know, Asa sold up as, well, as Asa his best like friend. Him now he's made it really clear that he needs to step aside. Right. But, uh, hmm. oh, yeah, definitely. Well, all Republicans besides Donald Trump wants him to step aside because the rest of the Republicans, you know, don't think. But Trump, you know, Trump will support him. You know, we've seen that trump is supporting 
uh, you know, whoever he thinks the favorite in, in the election, it seems like his prerequisite of who he supports. All right. Got to get our first break in. Let's uh, do that. East End Towing. And East End Towing, uh, whether you're stuck on the side of the road, in your driveway, uh, at Wally World or whatever, they can come out and take good care of you. Uh, get you started up or if they have to tow you out get you on a truck and get you to wherever it is you want to be to have your car fixed all you have to do is call them 501-888-8849 that's 501-888-8849 private property tows they know how to take care of that what to do with your vehicle they'll follow your instructions that's more than a lot of tow truck uh, companies will do and what happens to your car, your boat, your truck, your camper, on and on? They'll take care of all of that, and you'll know where they can, where you can find yourself at. Keep that in mind. 501-888-8849 is the number to call to talk to the folks who are in the know, no matter the situation, that's East End Towing. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, on with you right today until 8. Then we'll take an hour off, and then I'll be back again. Yeah, I'll come back and do another hour, 9 o'clock. We're going to be talking about that after I get off the air today and see if we can't uh, maybe uh, move that around. But we'll see what we shall see. I'll know tomorrow. Be listening for my promo. (laughs) sometime this afternoon and uh, you get a better feel for it i will tell you that state senator mark johnson will be with me i want to talk to him about uh uh, uh, 2023 and the next general assembly i want to talk to him about that that should be interesting because i I think it's going to be a a, you know it's going to be a a a republican landslide uh, in november no doubt here in state it just depends on which side the landslide lands, uh, if it's red or if it's pink. Mm, purple. Yeah. Uh, I don't even call it purple. I call it pink. Pink. <laughs> Very light red, just so you know. You might need special glasses to tell. Yeah, mm. yeah that's, possible. That's <laughs> that, possible. That is an issue that's kind of frustrating because we get down to the Capitol and we've got all these Republicans running around, uh, most of whom claim to want smaller government and government continues to grow get there well i I think what happens is they they get down there and let me just ask you if you were elected as a republican and you were going to be there in 2023 what would you tell people was the best way to get to small government in arkansas well i think probably is to, to start eliminating boards and commissions and to start work on shrinking some of these programs. I'm with you, Dave. All right, everybody, we're cutting all departments 5%. Across the board, 5%. The only way to cut out corruption is to cut out the money. If you have big money, you have big corruption. I just going to start out and say, guys, tighten your budget 5% because it's not coming down. And, you know, we're going to shrink the budget and cut taxes for real instead of raising five and lowering one so you can get it on the front page of the Democrat. But just forget the five that you raised the week before. Then you've got to shrink the budget to to cut taxes. Something that you should know, coming up at 7.05, we'll have a special guest. 
Uh, it's one of the people who were on the legal team for the coach from Washington State uh, yeah. that was up in front of the Supreme Court about whether he should be able to uh, pray uh, after a ball game with, with his team or privately. even without his team. I mean, he got to the point where he was going by himself to the end zone at the other end of the field and praying by himself, and they said that wasn't allowed. So uh, we're, we're going to talk to them about that and uh, see where they feel that they're at. And, you know, trying to read the tea leaves concerning the Supreme Court is never an easy thing. I will tell you, you listen to, was it, um trying to think of who it was. Was it Mayor um, that made the statement that it is coercion, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she was in the whole thing. It was all coercion. If the team was praying and one person didn't want to pray, it was coercion to make them pray. It's called freedom. There's a Does thing anybody that, recognize Yeah, see, it? that's the whole thing. you got to understand <laughs> Is it coercion because one person doesn't want to do something that everybody else is doing? I don't think so. Well, if if I'm with you, it has to do it's with freedom. Freedom. Well, it, it is freedom. But but if you if you you and I, I and and RD are standing in a circle, um, talking about politics, and somebody else doesn't want to talk about politics, we are not coercing them because we're not talking about sports like they want to talk about. It's it's not coercion for us to do something different. It's coercion for us to force them to comply with with our preferences yeah you're just doing something different okay but now back to what we were talking about and i would say that all three of us here would say if you want smaller government you got to cut government sure to get smaller yeah you can't get it by spending the same amount of money and building your programs up that gives you bigger government you've got to cut the program and that's part of the problem is we've got too many people that actually support the idea of these various different socialist programs they just want to do it more conservatively and i'm sorry that's not principled if you think that socialism is a bad idea then let's start, so let's they cut don't. socialism don't don't just make it better they don't think it's a bad idea and that's they, the, and the that's, they and love that's, it and that's part of they the problem is they are we, lying. We, we've got people that don't know what their own principles are and so they go down there it's like well i support some welfare for people who really need it or i support some um some socialized programs because i think it, it really is necessary no the, the problem i don't is they don't have a moral compass see see i don't think that that's the case here's what i think is the case i think it's the case that they go you know the other side has gotten to where they're at because they've been santa claus uh they've given everything that they can give to the other side however to be able to counter that you don't Look, if they're given a full loaf of bread... And you offer half a loaf. And you, you offer uh, a third of a loaf of bread, which which is the, the other side going to take that's been taking the full loaf? They're going to take the full loaf. They're never going to hey, take your third. Somebody has to take a bullet on principles to come out the other side. You can look in England whenever... What was the lady of steel in England? What was the lady's name? Margaret in Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Thatcher. She said, hey, this is going to hurt. But we're going to be conservative, and we're going to break some of these unions. We're going to shrink government. And uh, she did it there, but it was tough. We don't have a Margaret Thatcher in Arkansas. We we have very few. We do not. We have very few people that are Ronald Reagan's. You know, John Payton tried to get the sales tax for used cars uh, updated to current market prices so people could buy a car for their kids to go to college. 
For eight years, he got nothing. How much does the used car tax add to the uh, a lot actually I think. The, the money to the state it, it's a lot I think but it's it's it doesn't matter the the state needs to shrink by far more than they that. can't do it. it anything you do at that capital has to be revenue neutral you well, know that Paul. And, and there's so there's so much extra money coming in right now that some of these some of these taxes can be cut without really any pain right now but the problem is we need the government to be cut we don't just need taxes to be cut we need we need revenue to go down so the government will shrink all right. Out of time for the first half hour. It went fast. went fast. Don't forget at 7.05, we're going to talk about the uh, football coach in Washington State. We'll have one of the lawyers on from the uh, from First Liberty on with us to talk about that. But right now, let's get to the news. Get a minute. Find out what's going on or if anything's going on. Maybe the world stopped. Hey, don't forget about uh, ICU protection. ICU protection. I just got them installed in uh, the Ellswick household, and I got to tell you, it's pretty doggone cool. It really is, and it's a great, great uh, way of protecting your home. I've got the door and uh, the window uh, uh, sensors in. I've got uh, a a camera on my doorbell. I have a camera on my uh, um, driveway and like if somebody drives up on my house comes right up on my phone hmm. i can watch what... them drive up i can see who it is and uh if i push a little microphone thing it's got i can talk to whoever it is oh wow like That's somebody cool. comes to my door and i don't know who it is i can say if you don't get off my porch in the next 30 seconds i'll be there with my 12 gauge and they can hear me Right. Wow. So anyway. And that's, uh, and that's from remotely. You can be Yes, that's in, all remotely. I can be anywhere. In California. Yeah, I can be out in California. Wow. Too. That's correct. So uh, those are 1080p cameras, and I'm telling you, they're as clear as if you're watching. If you got direct TV or you got Dish and you watch television on that, you know how clear those pictures are. That's how clear your cameras are. They're great. These are the people, uh, ICU protection who does the protection for Nuke 1. Look, if they can protect a reactor, they can protect your uh, your home or your business. So talk to Billy Mack about this and find out what I know now, and that is this is the way to go. Call them at 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. Best part of all of it, you pay for the service all that equipment is yours. You don't pay a dime for it. 501-205-1333. That's ICU protection. All right, let's get back to talking with RD and and uh, with Paul Calvert. They're in here today as the uh, uh, power panel. And um, I propose the question to them, what is the first thing that you would do uh, if you you know wanted to change Arkansas, so to speak, and you were, a, I'm going to make them state senators, and uh, the first thing they said is that you would reduce government. I mean, reduce that, the that, money. That's yeah. the first thing you got to do. You got to reduce. You got to. If you tell these different divisions, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna cut your your uh, your money by ten percent. Uh, they will get smaller 
They have to. Perhaps not by choice, but they would get by, Yeah. I would think so. They'll have to. They'll have to get smaller. And, and part, of the, part of the problems that we've been having, I think, here in, in recent years is that um, they've had more, these different bureaucracies have had more money, and so they've been able to hire more bureaucrats to start attacking the citizens. Years ago, we still had bad laws in the books, but we didn't have near as many bureaucrats to enforce those bad laws. And so I think it felt freer. You know, back when I was about 20 years old or 18, I guess, when I started working for myself, I think there were lots of laws in the books that I was probably breaking when I started my business. But nobody knew it because none of them, almost none of them were being enforced. And so you could actually start a business and act like a free person. But then you went out and got yourself and made yourself a billboard. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's I, that. I tell you one more thing that that they need to do is they need to take the ten percent of the federal money out of the out of the K through twelve school system. Take the federal money out, throw all the regulations right, away, want, and tell the teachers to teach their classes and don't worry about all this federal money paperwork. And and number one needs to happen in the next session is we need to have the children's money to follow them to whatever school suits the that the parent that is the biggest be best, win think. that we've got to get I, I, you agree with me huh oh okay. yeah I, I, i've agreed with that ever since westerman brought it up in 2010 i, I think it would bring a lot of um improvement to the system because you offer some serious competition you give parents a, a little more control over what their children are being taught no not a little bit or a lot a it's lot a lot more. you're right you're right it's, it's a lot more control over what their children are being taught it's still government subsidized welfare schooling, but it's it's um, a lot more control over over um, what's being taught to the children, and that's what parents need that kind of control, and and maybe it'll actually help these parents to wake up and and realize that you know what's actually going on in their schools. They might actually check if they have an option to go somewhere else. Yeah, they would have a whole lot more say at the school if they had control over the money. Sure. Also, but you know, I walked to a. a someone's residence that was behind another residence that i could didn't feel comfortable driving my car down so i walked back there right so this was a a, a very humble abode a clean humble abode and i knocked on a door and the lady come to the door and i said you know if you could talk to your senator right now what would you tell your senator and she says i have absolutely no idea what they're teaching my children in school because they don't have books to bring home anymore mm. and you know, that was her only choice because she wasn't financially in a position to send them somewhere else. But her number one concern was what her children was being taught. And, that's, and you can ask them, but if they don't have books and if it's coming in on their computer. So uh, we did K-12 one year with with uh, one of our children uh, online so we could see the public information. Well, it wasn't very long until we were looking for different information to, mm-hmm. to put them because we homeschooled with with a k-12 curriculum and then when we saw all the stuff we started sending it to the elected officials and say do you know what they're teaching these children mm-hmm. and then we went to liberty university and found curriculum that didn't indoctrinate them right well, well i'm interested to find out why parents and maybe it's because they're not doing what you did uh, rd and looked at what was being taught even though their kids are being taught in a public school they don't sit down and read the lesson plans and things of that nature i don't know why the parents aren't raising holy you know what about this stuff 
I mean, I, I really am stunned, and I'm stunned about um, conservative teachers who are being told to teach you know, those radical uh, material, CRT and different things of that nature. And, you know, I always see the radicals out marching and uh, saying they're going to go on strike, but the conservatives, I don't see They'll them standing up like that. I don't know. Why, lose their job. How, how do we get to the point where parents don't seem to care very much about what their children are being taught? Until they well, come home with a brown shirt. Right. Some and, of and them do, and, and they don't have a choice, and, and that's, Paul. They that's, just don't that's, have a choice. That's the thing is that, that you've got people that are really pretty conservative, and their children grow up, and they're in college, and they're straight-up socialists and supporting the homosexual agenda or whatever else. It's like, how did these kids get it? Well, they got it because someone else was teaching their kids. They weren't teaching them themselves. They weren't teaching them. These parents were not teaching their morals to their own children. Let's someone give the else parents was. a choice. Let's give the parents a choice. And I think that's the number one. If anybody's running for election, you need to argue for school choice. We can't call it a voucher system. What do we call it, Dave? What's politically correct? Scholarships. Scholarships. Oh, scholarship. Whatever you want to call yeah, it, but yeah. we, you, you need Vouchers to have... is a poison pill. You need, oh, okay. you need, right. legisla- to say you need legislators correct. who have the gall and the courage to They're actually... the same thing, though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you, need, you need them to have the courage to um, to stand up and and be strong when their local school districts come out and and gripe and complain and probably send them hundreds of emails and and threaten them with with um a, a primary opponent in the next election they need to be strong enough to to stand against that sort of onslaught when uh when these organizations fight against them we've got a lot of house seats and a lot of senate seats in arkansas coming up in the primaries a real third soon. a third of them up mm-hmm. real soon so we need to we need to have these people on the radio and and people listening out there. You need to know where these candidates stand on educational freedom where the parents can send their children to the best place that they deem to educate their children and have their tax dollars follow them and, wherever they go. And there are some candidates out there. There's some, there's some sitting representatives that have, some, have primaries. Mary Bentley is a, one who has a primary. Um, Richard Walmack has a primary opponent right now. Um, we could lose ground. I mean, I think, you mentioned I, some I, good ones. I think you're right. I think, and I, I, Mary Bentley is kind of from up in my area. She's not. She wouldn't be my representative, but she's close. They've they've redistricted. They've changed her district. She a was bunch. in Perryville, and they basically took her out of Perryville. Put her in Conway. Yeah, and so she's got a very dist- different district. She's running against a a woman who who is a, a sitting JP there in Faulkner County. And, um, who, by the way, is a conservative? I think she probably is fairly conservative. I, I don't know much about her. We um, might work on that definition later. We might need to, <laughs> right? But the the thing is, we do know Mary Bentley. We know that she has a record, um, and so there's there's that. She she might um, appreciate some support. And like I said, Richard Walmack also has a primary opponent. He's down in Arkadelphia area. He would appreciate some support. So um, so the question is, when you look at Mary Bentley and you look at her opponent. And both of them say that they're conservatives. Which one is the most conservative? And which one has a voting record proving that? And I believe that Mary Bentley does. Uh, yeah, All right. right. Now, that's not to say that if we if this other lady wins, it, that's a, it's a bad thing, because I don't believe it will be a bad thing. I'm just saying, and I've, I've said this about this before, when we talk about, uh, you know, things dealing with uh, – 
uh, people primarying people. Why are you primarying them? Mm-hmm. Are you primarying them just because you want to be in that position or are there differences sure. between you and the other person? If there's no differences, I don't understand why you're primary. Yeah, if, if you just want the position because you want power, I do not want you in office. If you're yeah. merely there because you want power, please, please, please step out of the race. If you're there because you actually have some substantial differences with the person you're running against, okay, fine. But if you're just if you're just bring running, them up, man, let's right, just, bring let's them up. Let's, de- let's, let's debate them. Let's debate them. But most of these push cards are, you know, I'm a family guy. I'm conservative. You know, maybe I support Donald Trump or, or something like that. Right. But when you NR, try to look at the some NRA meat and potatoes, pro- right. yeah, when you me. try to look at the meat and potatoes, you know, you know, uh, so, uh, some uh, of them will have some differences. But some of them may just be like you're saying. They're just rah rah Come rah. I support, I support the Second Amendment, and they post a picture of themselves hunting, which has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. So it's it's just kind of ridiculous but some of them might actually have some substantial differences but I, I do want to to know if someone actually has a reason for running because they disagree with the with the person who's sitting in the seat but if you're just if you're just running because well I, it's my turn but if you that's, know if that's, you've got somebody that's been sitting in the boat and going downstream with with dhs and and uh, higher gas price higher gas taxes and and no and no advancements in freedom for education yeah let's let's talk about it let's talk about it but hey i'm all for a change i'm i'm sorry Mm -hmm. uh i'll be voting against a lot of incumbents that have just been quiet now you've got you've got uh you've got some good you you've got dan sullivan you've got uh peyton up in batesville running against Lurch, Sturch, Sturch. I'm right. sorry, yeah, Sturch, <laughs> and uh, honest mistake. <laughs> it was an honest mistake. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so you've got some good people running that have stuck their necks out and have tried to swim upstream. But if you've been floating around in the boat and have not been trying to go, take well, the boat just... upstream, which has been an upstream battle then you need to replace i'll take what's hidden behind door number two well and there, there's there's something to that and it's it's it, it it's a it's an interesting battle to try to try to sort through some of these candidates sometimes all right got to take a break we'll be back with more pat davis wants you to remember he can save you money when it comes to health insurance 30 to 50 percent and if you got good health insurance and it's costing you only five hundred dollars a month but you're uh you know your deductible is ten thousand dollars. You don't. Have, you may have the best health insurance in the world, but you're probably never going to use it. You're going to have to get through the deductible first, or maybe you got to pay an inordinate amount of copays, no copays. And uh, Pat Davis will show you how to get around that as well. This is uh, concerning any health plan that is being. Uh, sold in the United States, and it's especially this is especially true for you who are self-employed. Call 501-605-6935 or visit yourhealthplanman.com. All right, coming up at uh, 7.05, Stephanie is going to be with us. She is with the uh, First Liberty Institute and we'll be talking to her about the football coach who uh, went up before the Supreme Court last week about praying after a, a football game and how 
supposedly uh, she was in some way forcing those kids that didn't want to pray to pray. Um, so we're going to talk to her about that. Supreme Court has it in their hands now. We'll see what well, how they react. Should, to should it. be interesting. Well, listening to the oral arguments, it sounded like it's going to be a split. Five four. That's what it sounded like to me. We'll see. Never know about John Roberts. You just never know about right. John well, Roberts. It's, it's thank goodness we had Donald Trump, and he appointed a couple of people on there. I'm three. not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that uh, that they're always going to vote the way we would think that they would vote. But uh, would you rather had uh, Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. to appoint the last three? That would have been scary. Yeah, it would have been. And maybe if she was in her second term, it would have been four. Mm. Well, yeah, because one, one or two more of the Democrats might have stepped down. Yeah, so Stephanie, Stephanie Taub uh, is going to be with us uh, after the news at the top of the hour. You won't want to miss that discussion. It should be very enlightening and very interesting to hear what, she has to say and uh you know what are some of the other things that are going to end up in front of the supreme court dealing with you know religious liberty because there's going to be more it's coming it's coming we're being attacked more and more from the left as far as religious liberty goes just know that that's that's part of it there's some different things uh in front of the state supreme court as well uh that we need to keep an eye on uh, as well. I know that uh, Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett has a couple of pieces of of uh, laws that are going to be up in front of the uh, state Supreme Court. You're going to want to know what they're doing yeah, one uh, of, one and how a, they're ruling on, on those type of things. Yeah, one of them is, a, Chris has got one, or Chris and Steinbach, I think, is, is the attorney in this, in this case. Chris has one where it's dealing with um, officers of the court being allowed to carry firearms. which That's is, probably the one in uh, Pulaski County. I think it? it is, yeah. Okay. And it's, it's one of those things, it's like the law is abundantly clear, <laughs> but for some reason the, the they government officials, it. the government officials just like, we're not going to follow it, apparently. We're like, seeing that more and more. I mean, we're seeing the President of the United States even at times saying that he's not going to follow well, things, and, and certain laws. When, when these government officials break the law kind of flagrantly, and they don't get held accountable, that's a serious problem. And, and it's hard for regular people to hold these government officials accountable. We, we can't arrest them. It's, they, they have a great deal of immunity, so they don't get personally held responsible. About, about the only thing that we can do is file a lawsuit and hope the government will be gracious enough to allow us to proceed with a lawsuit. And then maybe we'll get some sort of um, judgment to to discourage them from doing it in the future. Let me ask this question of you, uh, Paul. You probably watched a little bit at least of, you know, some of uh, Mayorkas in front of the Senate committee last week uh, talking about the southern border. And uh, several of those elected officials from the Republican Party told him he better get things straightened out down there or after the elections come up in November and the, the chairs have changed and all the rest mm-hmm. in in the House, and I think also in the Senate, that uh, they're looking in, your favorite word, impeach. 
That needs to happen. That sort of thing needs it to happen. Up. It, it yes, needs it to did. happen. Very, a, very clearly, it came up. That sort of thing needs to happen a lot more than what it is. I, mean, I think we should be impeaching prosecutors for failing to uphold the laws. I think we should be impeaching judges for failing to uphold our laws. Well, this is the head of DHS. Right, and, that, and that, that's on the federal level. But on, on the local level as well, we need, we need to be – the legislature needs to be exercising and flexing those muscles – to impeach these government officials who just won't do their job or just who are basically providing aid and comfort to criminals. Hey, these are elected positions. Right now there's some Supreme Court races going on in central Arkansas that it should be very much of interest to the people in Arkansas. Yeah, we do have, we do I have mean, one going on some, right now. We've it's, got, uh, uh, I think, three races I know of, too. Well, you got Callahan. Uh, we've got him running. Who else do we have running? Glover, so is that who it is? So it's Carnahan. Carnahan. Gunner Delay. Gunner Delay. There we go. Um, and who else is? I David think there's Sterling. One, yeah, David Sterling's in that same race, David I think. It's, it's, I don't know if there's another I one think in Carnahan that race. Carnahan and Sterling's in two different races. Are they in different races? Yeah, I okay. think Carnahan is and Delay, is Delay and, and Sterling I in think, the same one? I'll have to look. I think I'm thinking that the, the Delay and Carnahan, Carnahan are in the same I race. I think they are. I, I don't, I've, I'm pretty sure and David Sterling's in a different, different race. But, okay. hey, you can pass all the laws you want if the Supreme Court right. does not back them up. So or you bring interprets up a point, them or, or, differently. Or interprets them differently. So these Supreme Court races are very, very important. They are. And I'd have to say that I'm guilty of not paying enough attention to them well, because we don't see them at the Capitol all the here's time. Here's the reason you probably don't pay any more attention than I do. You can't get a straight answer and out of them. That's one of the problems with these. Well, I can't really talk about that right, because, because I they, might have that case come up before well, and, me. And they've got this made-up rule that that if you've talked about an issue in the past that you can't um, rule on it. Like, why can't you rule on it? Well, I, I want to know what these guys think. I want I, 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 I want I, them to come up and tell me. If, if someone is going to break the Constitution, are you going to hold them accountable? All right. We'll talk more about that and other things. Don't forget, 705, Stephanie Taub is our guest. We'll talk about that football coach, about praying after the game. And uh, it's in front of the Supreme Court. Should he or shouldn't he be allowed? We'll hear what Stephanie Taub has to say when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Monday morning, and here we are at 7.05, and let's talk to Stephanie Taub. She's going to join us, and we're going to talk about a Supreme Court case uh, that was argued last week 
you're probably familiar with this case. It's been in the news a lot. It's about a high school football coach who would have prayer uh, after the ball game, win or lose, uh, with his team. Now, uh, the school told him that he couldn't pray, that that in some way, you know, was uh, coercive towards the uh, maybe the students that didn't want to pray. And uh, so he started praying alone, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And they said that that's still he couldn't do that. So I decided we needed to have somebody come on and explain to us some of the intricacies of what was going on uh, with the Supreme Court about this. And Stephanie is with us right now. Stephanie, how are you? We're glad that you would join us this morning. And where are we as far as this coach is concerned? Well, thank you so much for having me on to talk about this important case. So the coach just had his day before the Supreme Court last week. We just heard oral argument before all nine of the justices, and we're waiting on the Supreme Court now to release its opinion. Okay, so am I correct that Sotomayor was the one that I heard say, of course it's coercive. I mean, she was really adamant about it. Now, it was either her or it was one of the other lady uh, ladies that was involved. It, it, now, it wasn't Amy Barrett. I know that. So there seemed to be that argument there from the folks that are to the left. Uh, yeah, so you're right, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Kagan did have, did have questions. But if you look at what actually happened, as you said in the introduction, once the, co- once the school told Coach Kennedy to keep his prayers separate, he complied. And if you look at the game when he was actually fired for it, he waited until his football players were off doing their post-game activities, off singing the fight song, before he'd go and take a knee for this 15 to 30 second prayer. So that's all Coach Kennedy is asking for, is the right to just take this brief moment to give thanks to God and honor his commitment that he made to God before he even started coaching, that he would give thanks to God, win or lose, right after every single football game. This is another example of the left attacking the church in America. Because it doesn't seem like to me he was coercing anybody to do anything. And that's exactly right. And the school, um, the school didn't think so either. Because if you look at the reasons why they gave for why they, so for doing this, the school district suspended him and then publicly announced that they would not rehire him. So this is the reason why Coach Kennedy lost his job, because he could be seen doing something religious. And the school was afraid that viewers would somehow believe that the school was endorsing religion by this, um, which is which is clearly this is the coach's personal activity. So if a coach is free to make 30 seconds to engage in any other kind of speech, 30 seconds to make a personal phone call or talk to someone in the stands, then you should be able to take 30 seconds to pray to God. How did you think that the arguments went? The arguments went very well. He has, um, so he's represented by Coach Kennedy and by um, a big law firm, Kirkland and Ellis, and the um, the former Solicitor General for the United States, Paul Clement, has argued before the Supreme Court over a hundred times, which he's one of those people that have argued the most before the United States Supreme Court. 
So it, it really went well. The justices did ask um, a great question. They asked good questions of the other side uh, to test how far the school district's reasoning goes. So they asked, what if the coach, what, or um, Justice Kavanaugh asked, what, what if the coach just wanted to do something quick, like make the sign of a cross before a game? Would that violate the school, the Constitution according to the school district? And the school district took the position that even something like that, like that simple gesture, uh, could violate the Constitution, which is a really extreme position. So we are hopeful, we are optimistic that the Supreme Court will protect the First Amendment rights and just clarify that you don't lose your right to religious freedom by becoming a coach or a teacher at a public school. So what you're saying is that if the coach was getting ready to lead the team onto the field and he crossed himself, the school might find that as an endorsement of a religion. That was the school district's position. Wow. Very extreme. Wow. And so, so what, what if, this is Paul Calvert here, what if, what if it was somebody that maybe is a Jewish man who wanted to wear a yarmulke or maybe, a, maybe somebody who's a, like, a, like a Mennonite or somebody who wants, a, a woman who wants to wear a head covering, would that also be a violation of the school standards? That's a great question, and we've seen this sort of thing before. I mean, in Oregon, they had bans on any sort of uh, visible religious attire for decades, up until pretty recently, I think just about 10 years ago or so. Um, So this has happened, Um, and if the school district were applying its logic consistently, then maybe it would would um, ban things like um, religious garb, religious head coverings, yarmulkes, hijabs, things like that. But we haven't we haven't seen that. Um, so this is one of the reasons why it's very important for the Supreme Court to actually address this issue of what are teachers' religious rights in schools? Do you have do you have a right to have a religious identity, or can the school district censor you uh, censor you because you want to express your religious perspective? There's, I've got a question here. There's an issue in Arkansas that we're very keen on uh, as far as educational freedom to where we hope in the next session in Arkansas that the parents' tax money for the education can follow the child to the school of their choice. Do you think this issue uh, points to how important it is for the parents to have the ability to direct their tax money to the best education system for their children? That's a great question. And the Supreme Court is looking at a school choice case right now. Um, It's another one of our First Liberty cases. And you can follow all of our cases at firstliberty.org. And so we are arguing that school choice is is important and that schools or that states cannot create a school choice system where the, where the spending follows the family or follows the child, and then exclude religious schools because they are religious or because religiously affiliated or because they do religious things. So the state of Maine tried to argue that, um, oh, no, we're not discriminating on the basis of religion because they're religiously affiliated because the school has a religious name. We're discriminating against them because they do religious things. And that's a nonsensical distinction. A distinction without a difference. That sounds like a circular (laughs) argument to me. Well, thank you for that work. We'll we'll keep an eye on what you're talking about because 
in Arkansas, we do not even have the freedom to choose right now, but that sounds like that will definitely be the next step after we reach that point. Wonderful. Well, good luck. All right, Stephanie, if you'll hold on, we'll come back. We got a few more questions for you, but we got to pay the bills. You understand that. We'll do that, and then we'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, by the way, don't forget to call 1-800-TOUR-BUS to uh, sign up for our uh, next Patriot Tour, which is coming up at the end of July, and we're going out to Philadelphia. We'll be there for a day, get to go to you know, um, Constitution Hall, see the Liberty Bell. They got a, a new museum dealing about how religion played an integral part in the formation of uh, the American government. Uh, government. Then we'll go over to Amish territory. We're going to go to Sight and Sound and see their production of David there. That will be at Branson next year, so you can see it a year before everybody else. And uh, you'll get to go over and visit and, uh, you know, uh, eat some of that amish uh food that they have which is always fantastic so don't forget about that 1-800 tour bus 1-800 tour bus that trip is coming up in july if you're a homeschooling parent you might want to take your kid it would be a good thing that to meet sound. those uh historical uh assignments that you have to that, do that does sound interesting yeah it's going to be a lot of fun you should go paul you'd enjoy i've it. been up in that area the, all uh, right so let's area. talk about pi roofing real quickly pi roofing as you know a couple of weeks ago we had those real bad hail storms uh there's a lot of people from out of state right now trying to sell you roofs in fact just the other day uh, i had somebody come back by my house asking to get on my roof and and give me a free estimate and another person called me on my phone about a free estimate. And I explained to both of them, that's all right. I do my business through PI Roofing. And uh, they hung up fast and they walked away fast. So uh, go with the best. Go with PI Roofing. It's the only per- person I've ever allowed to walk my uh, roof. And they've put two roofs on my house. One right after I bought the house. Another just about five weeks ago. So do your roofing with somebody you can trust. It's been around for over 20 years here in the central Arkansas area. That's PI Roofing, 501-707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, back with uh, Stephanie talking to her about this uh, landmark case now that is in front of the Supreme Court. And uh, Stephanie, I'm going to assume that like the uh, case dealing with uh, Roe v. Wade, we probably will not get any kind of information until around June. Is that what you're expecting? That's what we're expecting. The opinion will probably drop sometime toward the end of June before the Supreme Court takes its summer break. Okay. So as you go back, because I know that uh, they allowed us to hear some of the arguments uh, that were going on uh, in the Supreme Court. From what you heard, and look, I'm going to ask you to look at tea leaves now, and you know how good that works when you're talking about the Supreme Court. How do you feel about this case? 
Well, I, I have a good feeling about it. I think that it's going to go the right way to protect the First Amendment rights of teachers and coaches across the country. Um, so the Supreme Court has said decades ago that teachers and students don't lose their First Amendment rights as soon as they walk through the schoolhouse gates. But we haven't really seen a lot of Supreme Court opinions that clarify this right, especially with respect to teachers. Um, and so this isn't the first time that Coach Kennedy's case has come before the Supreme Court. A few years ago, it went all the way up at an earlier stage of the case. And we had four justices write an opinion uh, supporting Coach Kennedy or in the, uh, signaling that they might support Coach Kennedy. So I think that would be a pretty good place to start, that those four justices are at least inclined to, uh, to rule in favor of Coach Kennedy. And since then, Justice Barrett has joined the court. Uh, so we're going to be paying, paying close attention to what Justice Barrett is thinking and what Justice, uh, the Chief Justice Roberts is thinking. All right. But, uh, any other uh, cases that we should be watching for over the next few months? Uh, yes. So as I mentioned, the main school choice case, is we're also expecting that opinion, and that could come out any day now. And so that could have a huge impact on whether governments, um, whether states can discriminate against religious schools in how they um, in how they operate their school choice program all right yeah that's a really important one it's something that we'll be looking at here in arkansas next year it's there's more and more talk going on about that started with uh, a state legislator in the house and now he is a congressional uh holder and bruce westerman and uh, he's all about the money following the students. So uh, we'll be interested to see how that goes. We appreciate your time. I thank you for joining us. Is there anything else that maybe we haven't touched that people should keep in mind about this case? Yes. So the, the reason why this case is so important is we see this far too often. School districts think that they're required to turn public school campuses into religion-free zones. This can often lead them to go too far and infringe on the personal, private, religious rights of teachers or of students. And so if, if, you see, if you see this, if you think that you're being discriminated against in your public school, please go out and give us a call. We are First Liberty. You can find us at firstliberty.org. All right. Thank you. I, I, I said last question, and I lied. I got one more question, and, and that is... Uh, one of several of these groups that take on schools they send them a letter and they go if you don't cease and desist we're going to sue you and it's it comes from a a house somewhere out east and they got four members that's something people need to understand correct sometimes it really depends on the group but if you do receive a letter like that I would highly recommend that you not take it at face value and go get it checked out. Go talk to someone who specializes in this area of law. Like you. Yes, right. Go see us <laughs> at firstliberty.org. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Stephanie. We'll talk to you later. Stephanie Top here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Very interesting talking to her about that particular case and the one that has already been argued about you know, can the money follow the student? Can it go like to a a, a, a school that's a religious school? Yeah, what did you want to say there? Hey, that's an that'll be an important case. We've got the 
get step one to where the money does follow it then the fight will be where, where can they go and who's going to be authorized so we need to be watching we need to be watching this case well, i didn't even know about look it. if it, if it goes our way then they need to get somebody like stephanie taub and bring her in in front of the committee and let her talk about that case so they understand it completely it needs to be in the law to start with yes. the best way to get it done is to work with stephanie whenever the law is being, being written, written. Mm-hmm. and make sure that it's written in a way that that uh they can send their children to the school of their choice if they have a religious f- affiliation or not so that's important point that we learned this morning i'm glad we had her on the call you got three branches of government. You got legislative, you've got the executive, you got your judicial, uh, judicial, and that, of course, would be the Supreme Court. When they're writing up laws, can the um, elected officials ask Supreme Court justices to look it over to make sure that it meets constitutional muster? A lot of times, the Attorney General's office will weigh into this will, as as an advisor to the them writing the yeah, law i've even seen the the chief justice of the arkansas supreme court come down to the general assembly and testify against a piece of legislation it was actually a, it was a constitutional amendment that was being proposed I, I i don't know how much feedback they'll get because if they actually comment on it and it passes they might have to it might come before they might them, have to recuse they might have then. to recuse themselves so i don't know how much feedback you're going to get but that is uh, something interesting to consider because there is so much deference given to the supreme court to basically reinterpret and rewrite laws and there's very little accountability for them and so that would be it would be kind of handy if they could get some sort of a a um, predetermination on some of this stuff well i would think that would be a good thing to do you know to to know that you're on solid constitutional ground so to speak before you even bring the law in front of the legislature there's some you know the funny thing about all of this is to the left uh evolution is a religion evolution the the left is pushing their religion but they don't want any competitions for the left religion in our school system so we have to make sure that it's fair and balanced and you can have the strengths of the left's religion and the weaknesses of well, it because uh, science does not back and, the religion up. And I think that, that's part of the problem with the left is oftentimes their their so-called science is more scientific community consensus, <laughs> which in many cases you've got people – What consensus? Consensus, right. And so you've got, you've got people who um, – who stand in a room and they block everybody else out through various different regulations and say, look, we're the experts. We're going to determine truth. And so then you, and you have your ministry of truth. And right. that's another topic. Now, and that was one of them that I have for us in the next half hour. And Mayorkas was in front of a house panel. We'll talk about what he had to say about that. He was just misunderstood that's oh, all he just, just misunderstood. misunderstood we'll talk about that you know i ordered poor, poor guy i ordered two movies both the same movie done in different time frames one in the 50s one in the 80s 84 and uh, 1984 was the name of the movie and i'm going to watch one of them tonight all right we've got more coming your way stick around with us bill o'reilly is next and then we'll continue here on the dave ellswick show 
You know, we've been talking about uh, a lot of different things this morning. Uh, one of the things over the last few months I've been talking about is uh, inflation and the way that that's attacking uh, your nest egg. You know, that you know, your 401k and your IRA and things of that nature. And you've probably have been sitting and having dinner or just, uh, I don't know, sitting around and having a brewski or something and talking about uh, making decisions of whether I or you should buy some silver or gold to uh, supplement and to protect your nest egg. Does it protect your nest egg? Well, those are legitimate questions and uh, and going out and and buying silver and gold is not like just going out and plucking down some money and and buying a shirt for your sunday best all right there's a lot more to it than that and the folks over at david lucas financial can help you with it if you'll just give them a call at 501-222-3315 they'll sit down with you and tell you uh, the ins and outs of buying silver or gold. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. And if you want to learn more and understand more about buying uh, silver and gold, then you need to call 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, over the weekend, believe it or not, I watch most of those talking head shows. And I know you're saying, Dave, you, you get bored out of your mind. Yeah, but you got you got to watch them to know what the people that are the newsmakers uh, are saying. And Mayorkas yesterday was on... Uh, uh, the Fox Show with Brent Bear, and he was also on with, um, I think, NBC's Meet the Press. And uh, the reason that he was there is that he ignited a firestorm last week. I mean, ignited a huge, huge firestorm by talking about this group, uh, kind of the Ministry of Truth from 1984 is what it sounded like. Uh, dealing with a government agency that would tell us what was truth and what was not truth. Hmm. I mean, that that's exactly the way it which, was put. Which is terrifying. Yes, it is terrifying. It's, it's, this is not where we want to go, or at least I don't think people want to go to it, to be honest with you. We've got government officials who are so stupid and arrogant, they will try to tell us how to build toilets. Do we honestly trust them to have what amounts to a ministry of truth to determine? Well, it's a disinformation board. Yeah. That's what they call it, the disinformation board. And if, you know, Mayorkas said... There's no question that he could have been more effective communicating the purpose of his newly created disinformation board after uh, critics, you know, basically set it on fire uh, over the weekend and uh, as a crackdown, uh, it was going to be a crackdown on free speech. Majorca said on Sunday that the board specifically addresses, now I want you to listen to this. Because this is, now we're in newspeak. 
All right. We're still in 1984. All right. And this is what he said. Disinformation that presents a security threat to the homeland. Well, that can be anything. Sure. It, it could be anything when you allow them to define it. You know, I mean, disinformation from Russia, from China, from Iran, from the cartels, from what other people? Uh, somebody that uh, the federal government says is a white supremacist group? Would that be right? Or maybe, you know, somebody, somebody else that they've determined are a danger to the Republic. Uh, on huh. Immigration. Yeah. Look or, at immigration and people could be talking about the criminals that are coming over here from other countries. And that would be disinformation. Right. Or, 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 or what if, what if you don't want to get a vaccine or you don't want to do something else that the government says is perfectly safe and maybe it isn't safe or maybe it is safe. But the the evidence isn't clear, and yet you actually present facts, and the government wants to shut you down because they're afraid that people might actually listen to your facts. Okay, listen to what this Twitter person had to say uh, in, uh, on on their account. They said DHS Secretary Mayorkas claims that Nina Jankowicz, all right, that's the person who will be the head of this disinformation uh, group, will quote absolutely unquote be neutral. And is, quote, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation, unquote. She believed in the, the, the Trump dossier. She believed that it was Russian disinformation that the Trump administration. She believed everything that we now know is not true. She killed the Hunter Biden story on his uh, laptop. Is that the person you want to be in charge of disinformation? You, you know, I think not. I, I don't think it's possible to be an She's expert. She's not neutral. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to be an expert on, on disinformation. The fact is that, you know, I've been a landlord for like 20 years. You know how many people lie to me on a regular basis, and I don't know it until after they lie to me and I find it out? You know, it's it's not possible to just to know. Here's now, what evolution is the truth. Yeah, we know you have to believe evolution, and... <laughs> If somebody spoke against that, that would be disinformation. And that, that's actually a decent example. They might determine that, well, if you're teaching your kids evolution, we've got to take your kids away from you because you're you're um, spreading disinformation that the government has approved. DHS has said that Biden's Ministry of Truth, the disinformation board, <laughs> will be, quote, safeguarding the right of free speech. Yeah, unquote. I bet. This, right. And that's what Big Brother's saying. Mm-hmm. You have free speech as long as you agree with that. That's Biden. right. There you go. As long that's, as you agree with us, you have say whatever speech. you want. Yes. That, then it's disinformation. So someone deciding what's disinformation is not, does that free speech? Right. It's kind of like say, suggesting that ATF is going to protect our right to keep and bear arms. No, they violate our right to keep and bear arms. They they write special rules. ATF, Arkansas, uh, uh, um, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. No, a firearms part of that is for the purpose of violating our right to keep and bear arms, for the most part, I think. Okay, so let's move forward a little bit, because there's some other stuff that came out over the weekend. As CNN uh, came out and said that uh, there's got to be social media. Regulation. Well, there already is, by the way. They just don't call it that. All right. Uh, of course, Elon Musk has put fear of God into Twitter because he's buying them. He owns them now. Say it's dangerous uh, about the power that they're losing 
that they're losing. See, the left knows now they're losing power and said that uh, it's dangerous with Elon Musk buying Twitter. We need to look to Europe. We need regulation, they said. Glenn Greenwald said, I'll keep pointing it out. The leading agitators and activists for censorship are employees of media corporations, in part because they believe only they can be trusted to speak, in part to eliminate competition as they collapse. The my pillow guy is going to overthrow Washington. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's 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 part of the kind Big of the pillow fight. Well, the, well, the the basic philosophy of socialism is that people are too stupid to live their own lives and make their own decisions, and so this shouldn't be. This that shouldn't has come. been the paternalistic view of the government forever and that, that's that's kind of a basic premise is but one thing about like democratic socialism is it's so moronically incoherent is that that you've got people that literally believe well you're too stupid to live on your own and, and to make your own decisions but we're gonna let you vote how is that even coherent how, how does that make any sense to anybody that we think they, they think we should be allowed to vote but we can't even choose what kind of toilet we're allowed to buy or, or, or they execute people that goes against what is best for the country. Well, that people or, or have they're been executed for using freedom of speech for centuries, and uh, it happened. Or what's even worse is they're liable to lock them in prison, and because you know if you execute if government executes people that actually um, uh, causes other people to become very animated. But if you just lock them in prison, then a lot of times it kind of it. It it is not as um, it's not a, not as provocative of an action as execution, and so the, I, I think that's one of the dangerous things that, that could be coming along is that well you're not complying with our ministry of truth, so we're going to have to lock you in a cage to shut you up, so that you're not hurting Americans by by telling them your so-called false. This is the worst part of it all, is that they're going to tell us who is attacking. Us. Who is us according to them? How's that? There's two pronouns for you. Us and them. I don't know. It's it's a problem because we've got people that that are are not intelligent enough to um, hardly find them find their way out of a plastic bag. And um, I mean, we literally we have people that they're that are thinking it's a legitimate issue for people to be able to change their sex. Like, okay, I'm a boy today. I'm going to, I'm going to change my mind and become a female. Uh, that's not a rational human being. And some of these people, I think are the same people that actually want to control this so-called ministry of truth or disinformation board or whatever it's, whatever it's um, going to be called at the end to, to make it some sort of a soft, um, fuzzy, um, warm feeling about it. Yeah. Well, the move on. Be, oh, go ahead. Let's, let's you watch a here. movie about Malada uh, Horakova. Just watch the movie. You know, she was a mother trying to get uh, freedom for her country, and she was a World War II uh, freedom fighter. Mm. And then the the socialists took over the country, and she didn't bow down to the socialists, so they executed yep. her. Yeah, they it killed can't her. Happen. They shot her. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. and it's, that's why they need to take guns away from good people because you, can't, was, you can't get away with that if you have good people who are armed. Yeah, uh, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Final break of uh, this hour. 
Remember, coming up, we're going to have an hour of an economic program that we had been airing for three hours of. They've cut back their programming. The uh, man who ran the company passed away. And they've decided to continue doing one hour of this program. So they'll be on for one hour. And then at 9 o'clock, I'll come back on and I'm going to have State Senator Mark Johnson on me on on uh, on my show and we're going to talk about 2023 and we're going to talk I'll talk about the money following students and about right. this main uh, particular uh, uh, Supreme Court decision that is out there to be heard about don't forget about uh, East End Towing they want you to know that they want you to be safe out on the road not just safe for yourself but safe for the workers that are out there you know putting cars on on trucks and hooking them up and getting them out of the way because there's been a wreck. I saw some of the most insane driving last week. There was a wreck on Highway 5. Uh, it was um, the uh, intersection just before uh, the intersection into my subdivision, in fact, just about when you got to the top of the hill that leads you down to um, Greystone. And they had the traffic blocked going to the north and to the south. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started seeing these people that were way behind us, maybe as far as the light at Highway 89, getting over in the left-hand lane and speeding past everybody to go up and, I guess, to turn somewhere up ahead. I guess it never crossed their mind that, maybe they would have opened up that lane of traffic and they could have had a head-on collision because they were driving like fools. And that's all I can say about people who drive like that. You're a fool and you're taking not only your life into your hands, you're taking other people's lives into your hand. And I sure wish there had been a police officer to give everybody a ticket that was doing that. Because it never fails. If one person does it, then all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to do that. And they take off right after them. So uh, if you're one of them, know that Dave Ellswick called you a fool. Bottom line is this, okay? Uh, The folks at uh, East End Towing want you to drive by the rules of the road. If you see somebody being towed uh, or they're hooking them up, move over into the far lane from that tow truck so that the people have plenty of room to do their job without worrying about getting clipped by you. That's East End Towing. You call them, and uh, they'll help you out. 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, let's finish it up for uh, this hour. I will be back with you at 9 o'clock, and uh, I'll have uh, State Senator Mark Johnson with me. But right now, I want to... Paul to talk about you got some kind of chorus yeah going on so in Faulkner County so some some people a lot of people probably don't know that I actually sing I've got a pretty decent voice if um, you've ever been over to the Capitol after I've gotten done with my show when I'm over there in the afternoon and then all of a sudden because you got all that marble you get that great it's it's sound. fun to sing in the Capitol he's in there singing I, I do this I do that sometimes but anyway so I'm part of the Conway men's chorus and we are having a performance at, at the um, Reynolds Performance Hall in Conway tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. It is free. So oh, cool. come one, come all. 
it it should be a fun event, family friendly, of course. Um, but again, it is free. You mean you have to do any rap? No, no rap. Doors open at six thirty. Again, this is a free event. Bring your whole family at Reynolds Performance Hall there in Conway. It's on a UCA campus, and it should be fun. Okay, so what are some of the songs you're going to do? Um, give, give us a little taste. There. So, Old Man River. Okay, that's a fun one. Kind of a, a big, deep, manly song. Um, then um, let's see, what's another one? Um, Bridge Be, over troubled waters. Bridge water. over troubled waters is one of them. Be still, my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I've got a list of them. Some here where I think. Um, and it's it, it's it's going to be a long black train. No, that's not I one of them. Say, we're planning to Tall do woman. here. Um, what is it? Long, cool woman in a black dress. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <The Hollies. laughs> um, no, afraid not. But um, it, it, it'll be a lot of songs that um, a lot of people will know. It's, it's, it's a lot of. He's my brother. That's one of them. Yes. That's yes. The wow. Speaking yeah. Of the yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah you've you've, you you've got them. So yeah, there's there's a lot of songs here. I've got the um, got my list up here. Um, um, God be my head is one of them. Um, that's kind of a neat song. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Bridge over troubled waters. Um, be still, my soul. The awakening. You raise me up. Okay, should so be a good fun song. Stuff. Yeah, it, it'll yeah. it'll be a. Um, let there be peace on earth. Um, okay, you're so going to start at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Doors open at six thirty. Um, come bring your family. First it's free. come, first serve is where you sit. Uh, or is it at? Yes, it's at Reynolds Performance Hall in Conway, Arkansas. That's there on the UCA campus. It's pl- plenty of seating, plenty of parking. Should be should be fun. Yeah, we'll see it. Seven o'clock. You're gonna hear some good music. You'll be able to understand all the words. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's it should be a fun time. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I think and there's you, gonna be about. And when you look up at the chorus and you see a guy with a big old beard, that's me. That's Paul. Calipari. Pretty much me. Snoop that's, Paul. And so there's there's <laughs> Snoop there, Paul. There's, 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 there, there's going to be about I think there's going to be about forty five or fifty men singing with us. Wow. Um, so it's it's a pretty pretty, pretty pretty. Are decent you doing session. a solo? Not that I'm aware of, unless that, uh, unless that changes tonight. I thought maybe I thought maybe you're going to do part of that old man river. Well, so I, I looked at that, and there's there is a solo portion of that song, but because you got to there's you a gotta tote that bale and and that whole thing. That bar, just tote yeah. that bale. But the thing is, though, so what what you got drunk is, and you land in jail. So one anyway. of the problems with that solo is it gets so incredibly high that it's just it's it's a bit beyond my range. It starts off pretty low, and I can sing Goes that just high, fine. Uh, baritone, huh? It, it gets on up there pretty stinking high, and that's that's just a little or bit too high low, for me. Is it a low tenor part then? Well, maybe, yeah. It's it's considered a it's. It's it's written for a bass, but man, you got to have a range for that. Or it's it's maybe more of a baritone, but it, it's it really gets on that. Paul Robinson, the guy who made it famous, he had the range to do that, it. I that think. was that. There was a movie that 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 song yeah, was, was played in, and it was um, that was a pretty cool song. That's a great piece of music, and he was known for that uh, song through the rest of his life. People mm-hmm. loved that yeah. piece. Well, of it's music. it's a neat song. It's it's just. It's just cool, and it's that, that's probably yeah. one of my favorites here. And it's um, it's not all that easy to sing. I like so, easy. Some well, of he's the, not um, heavy. He's my brother. I'm a big that, Holly fan a, that's of that's that another song. Me, I really am. It's a great Alan oh, I, Clark. No, not the Saint Center. The <laughs> singer is the man behind. He yeah. ain't heavy. He's my brother. So again, seven well, o'clock like, Reynolds Performance Hall. Okay, good deal. Tomorrow, I'd like to give a shout out to the 
Republican First District Committee. They had a meeting at Batesville this weekend. And let me tell you, the Republicans in the First District are fired up because uh, we had 119 people RSVP showed up to the room and about 250 people showed up and uh, wow uh chris carnahan was there uh david sterling was there and peyton was there but believe it or not uh sturch was not there to speak but Mm -hmm. all the all of the uh people got to speak three minutes Wow, you mean Sturch didn't get up and start crying? No, he did. He he wasn't even there. And Batesville is his hometown, but there was two hundred and fifty people there, and uh, they're fired up. So people, uh, get ready. We need to have a good uh, primaries and get some some real conservatives election. Just do your research. Yeah, you know, Sturch went to the John Baynard School of Public Speaking. Just saying. Anyway. Well, Hey, I don't know the man personally, but I know Ten that, seconds. that uh that uh, they had a great meeting, two hundred and fifty yeah. people and All right. uh, really fired up. Out of time, R D, thank you, Paul, thank you. I'm Dave Ellswick, back at nine o'clock. on the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, extended hour for us today. Some changes coming up uh, for the show. We're not exactly sure where we're going to be sitting in the mornings, but we're working on it. Uh, hopefully, by about 1030 this morning, I'll know for a fact where I'm going to be at. It will either be 6 to what 10, 7 to 10, or thereabouts. <laughs> there. They're making some moves around. Uh, you probably know that the uh, show that just played, the uh, man who started that show passed away. And it was a three-hour show. They moved back to a one-hour show uh, with it. Celia passed away from COVID. So uh, we had to wait to find out what they were going to do. We now know. So now we got to decide what we want to do. So I'm we'll so see. sad to hear that. Dave. Yeah. So we'll we'll but see. But this is a goes. less ungodly hour than six. Yes, it is. Yes, it be not. I got to be honest. I'm I'm. If my vote counts, seven to ten is my vote. Okay. Go from seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to ten. Well, there's morning drive, and then there's the people that are not at work at at nine a.m. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and there's still you, people you get getting both there. Of them. That's great. Yeah, and I'd like to be able to to make sure we do that. And let me remind everybody that I promised you. And I will keep that promise next year when the uh, General Assembly gets going. I will do an extra three-hour show probably in the afternoon, and we'll do it from the Capitol. Great. Uh, We used to always do that. People loved that show because it kept them up to date on what was going on uh, with the the legislature, and and we'll, we'll try to get that going again. That other voice you're hearing is uh, State Senator Mark Johnson. I asked if he would come in and and join me today, and he was gracious enough to say he would. Uh, He is running for re-election, but I don't want to talk to him about his re-election campaign, except to say, is it going all right? 
It's going great, Dave. Thank you. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's talk about 2023. That's what I want to do. I'm going to make well, some. Now, let's not get the cart for the horse. I know I have that. to win before I, I understand to do that. But it. I'm going to make some <laughs> assumptions, okay, by, by talking about this. And I don't have to say, uh, you know, Mark Johnson's going to win. I will just say, if he wins, what it's going to be like, okay? And I, I'm going to say, if Sarah wins, and I think just about every this if she doesn't win, it will be the biggest upset since Truman over Dewey. I'm just I I just got to say that that's the way it would look. But let's talk about 2023. I know that the Republican Party has got to be talking to each other about what they want to do after November. I'm sure you're all spending a lot of time talking about November and making sure that you can try to pick up a few more seats. Is that true? Well, at the state level, <laughs> as this is, and this is the price of progress, I guess, Dave, uh, I believe that the Republicans in the House and Senate will actually gain seats. Okay. And we already have a supermajority. Right. But I think you're going to see two things happen. I think you're going to see some con- sort of conservatives replaced by strong conservatives. And you're going to see a few uh, Democrats that presumed they were safe, such as uh, Senator Bruce Malek was in, in, in 2020, that's going to wake up the day after the election and find out they weren't safe and there's going to be a Republican in that seat. So I don't want to get into the details of that right now, but uh, uh, as you said, we want to talk about 23, but I think we will go in not only with a stronger Republican numerically Republican uh, majority in the House and Senate, but and it will be more conservative. Uh, it'll be people that are stronger on issues rather than, and I don't like the term rhino because, you know, if I vote against all the other Republicans in the Senate, which I pretty well did on the redistricting bill, because I didn't believe we should split any counties. Right. But that was just me. That, that doesn't mean that, that I was against all those other people, but, uh, I don't like that term, but sometimes it does apply. It's thrown around a little bit more than it should be, but but we definitely are seeing a trend of more conservatives, and that's why you see the the reaction from the left. It's why you see the uh, you know what I call they're they're not even rhinos anymore. They're they're the the turncoat caucus, and you know who we're talking about there. Can I say common ground? <clears throat> you can. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the fact is that that's where it, it's a lot of the problem is. I say it's a problem. I think people see through that. But but you I see would this, hope so. You see this uh, uh, this trend. I, I people. I, I'm knocking doors. There's no better uh, poll than when you knock on someone's door and you tell them you're running for office in their district. Right. And some of them are just nice and take your card and say well, thank you. I'll consider you. And some of them want to talk, and the ones that want to talk, they're upset. They got they're, some ideas, and they have strong ideas. Uh, and having done this before, I can tell you this year the ideas are stronger, the feelings are stronger. I mean, when we're literally uh, having to defend the, the the chromosomes that people have, I mean, it's it's come into some craziness, and 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 people are upset. Okay, so let me ask, is it because of what's happening 
nationally or is it what's happening here statewide? I think generally it's nationally. We see manifestations of it locally, uh, but uh, uh, I think there's a presumption. Americans can get pretty complacent when times are good. Uh, COVID brought out some things that I guess they were under the surface, but this brought them out. The fact that you have you have companies that were, in my opinion, trampling on the individual rights of their employees. Right. Uh, you also have, and that's not to say that, that employers definitely have rights related to their employees, but there's a line that I don't think you should cross, and, and, and telling people what to do with their bodies is one of those lines. Exactly, and, and I could give anecdotal stories, and you could too, but uh, I, I think that because of that, there is, to quote an old Star Wars analogy, a disturbance in the force. <laughs> I like that. That's good. But with, with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. It does. It does indeed. And when you uh, trust people like Anthony Fauci and Jose Romero with your life, then, and you see what, and I'm not going to call them incompetent, but how uh, their, their foresight was poor. And again, in 2020 hindsight, we know there are things that we thought, okay, we'll do this because we don't know how bad this thing is. But there, we reached a point where we said, okay, we kind of know what we're dealing with. It's time to get the world back on the tracks. Are you kind of surprised that uh, uh, he has made his way to the CDC now that he left no, Arkansas? No, I think he's. That's where he was always wanting well, to go. I don't know where he wants to go, and I wish the man well. I don't. I don't think he is a bad person. I think he was a wrong uh, choice and a wrong. Uh, uh, he was just wrong on some issues. It's 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 like my opponent, who is who is a nice young man. He's just wrong on issues, and and and, and at least Dr. Romero showed up. <laughs> right. Okay. So what what do you think? Uh, over the weekend, I was watching. I guess it's is it Channel Sixteen uh, that they have their uh, their show, Capital View. Is that what channel that's on, or I'm is not it on even four? Sure. Anyway, uh, I was watching it, and they had uh, Governor. Hutchinson on, and he admitted he was going to New Hampshire to test the waters. I don't think he's got a snowball's chance. What do you think? Obviously, as he thinks old, he does. My old friend Jim Elder used to say, "That's why go, they Jim. play the game." That's right. It's true. But, uh, uh, I I know that uh, the first thing that pops into my mind when you mention that, Dave, is the is the Safe Act. And uh, people that remind people that's the bill that would it ban- banned the uh, uh, transgender surgeries mm-hmm. and hormone treatments on children under 18. Uh, out of 105 Republicans in the legislature, 103 voted for that bill. And two Republicans voted against it, one of them being my opponent. The governor vetoed that bill, and we almost immediately overrode the veto. But uh, – the governor went on Tucker Carlson, and he got taken to the woodshed. I I I think that that particular episode will be replayed many times in New Hampshire or Iowa if the governor should run. Now, uh, he may be able to defend that. I I would not have to be a person that had to go in and defend him. That's on right. That within a Republican primary. That's correct. Be, and and there's other tough. things too, but but that's one that. 
is so obvious when you mentioned that it was the first thing that popped in the front of my mind okay so anyway i I, i'm going to assume that you and i pretty much see eye to eye on this i don't think asa has a chance to get the republican nomination for president does that mean that he wouldn't be considered again for uh, another republican who wins the presidency for his cabinet no means that he might still be considered for that anybody would be better than mayorkas okay so what can i say about that all right let's so let's let's go back and, and let's do what i wanted to do and i gotta take a break first and we'll talk about uh the legislative session the general assembly that will meet in 2023 we're going to have a, a new governor uh we're going to have about a third new part of the house and the senate and let's talk about all of that and and how that's going to mix up. We're going to have some new Supreme Court justices. And what do you see from the, the judiciary? All that's coming our way. We've got a great guest with us right now, and that is uh, State Senator Mark Johnson. Whenever I want to know where people are, are leaning, I talk to this man. He's been around for a long time. He knows what's going on. I talk to him. I talk to Alan Clark. I talk to Kim Hammer and a few other people. Those are the people that are my sounding boards here on the Dave Ellswick show. Mark, let me ask this question of you. I know that this race uh, in the primary has been watched by a lot of people and a lot of people are paying attention to it. Uh, How come no one has put together a debate between you and your challenger? Well, Dave, that's a great question. Uh, Actually, someone tried, uh, uh, the chairman of the Faulkner County Republican Committee had offered v- both of us uh, a couple of months ago the opportunity to do that. Uh, I immediately accepted and said, anytime, anywhere. Uh, I even offered to pay part of the, the cost of, of the venue if, if they could really? do it at their usual place, and I would hope my opponent would maybe do the other half, but mm-hmm. be that as it may. Uh, and then last week when my opponent failed to show up for his scheduled speech to the Faulkner County committee at their regular meeting, uh, he had texted and he said he, he, he was supposed to be there. He was on the agenda. He didn't make it. Uh, and the chairman told me a couple of days later that he had sent to him, give here's three or four dates. Any of these work for you. And it's crickets. We haven't heard back now, uh, wherever, whenever, I will. I would debate him on your show. I'd debate him at the county committee, either county committee, because Pulaski County is part of the district, too, although my opponent seems to forget that sometimes. But but certainly, that's where it stands. And, and I have attacked him only on his vote and issues. I haven't gotten personal. Uh, like I said, he's a nice young man from a good family, but he's wrong on these issues and he's also missed 238 roll call votes. I cannot find anybody else in the legislature that has missed as many votes as he has. Why does he even want to be a, a state rep or a state Senator if he's not going to show up and vote? That's what, that's what his constituents demand of him. Well, he, he, he made some lame excuse that he was, uh, uh, that his, absenteeism was in line with other legislators who are in leadership or who run heavier legislation. Now, I don't know what he means by in the leadership. He's the secretary of the house Republican caucus. And 
I do know one thing about the House is their caucus doesn't meet when they're on the floor considering legislation. Okay, just so like the it, it, it gets rid of those times that he missed. Right. You know, I mean, and the thing is that uh, this is our job, Dave. I mean, you well, know, yeah. politics and philosophy and, and all the other things notwithstanding, you run, you're elected, you have one duty and that show up and vote if enough people don't do that nothing gets done nothing gets done exactly and and i i i i actually went back and checked because someone challenged me well how many votes did you miss johnson uh in in four years or almost four years in the general assembly i missed 19 votes and about half of those were when i was called out for other things including when governor hutchinson called the Pulaski County delegation in to talk about a school choice bill that he wanted to do. Uh, so the point is, I show up and do my job. Now, if you don't like the votes I make, I can live with that, and I can't please everybody, but I promise I will show up and do my job. Okay, now I'm going, I'm going to talk a little bit about if this happens, how does it change this, all okay. right? Because I, I think we got to kind of look at things. Uh, I had Stephanie... Uh, Taub on today from First Liberty, uh, who does a lot of uh, uh, religious liberty appearances in front of the Supreme Court. And there is a, uh, a decision that's pending uh, before the Supreme Court right now that was argued evidently a couple months ago of Maine versus somebody. Is this the one about the coach? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. no, no. This, okay. is, this is about uh, can the money follow the student? Oh, school choice. Yeah, yeah. is this school choice? Uh-huh. Can the money follow the student? And the Supreme Court is going to have to weigh is going to have to weigh in on this uh, and 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 make a decision on this. My question is: Let's say the Supreme Court says yes, a state can say to their parents, "You get X amount of dollars for your child, and they can take it to whatever school that they want to." and uh, put their child in that school you know public private whatever it is would that do you think change the tenor of uh, the uh the vote amongst some republicans about school choice in the state of arkansas when you say about some republicans i assume you mean in the legislature yes uh actually dave i think it would uh put an issue on the front burner that that many not me of course but many republicans would like it to stay on the back burner uh and 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 when you see these debates and you have these excellent school districts around the state with with great uh, records their kids are doing coming out trained ready to go for whatever life puts before them and they're all upset oh this is going to destroy public education well no the kids are going to steal out of your school it won't it won't. It, it's, right. it, you know, the free market works every time it's tried. Every time. Yeah. And and it's uh, it's only when you don't have choices that quality suffers. If you think of the Trabant or the Yugo, uh, that's that's a vehicle <laughs> from places that don't have competition. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it would force some people off dead center because it's easy to say. I'm for school choice, but when you actually are faced with a situation of dealing with it, uh, you can see it. Now, Florida, who's kind of been in the news a lot. For yes, a lot they of have. Years, but, but they've had, since they've instituted 
uh, more choice in education. They've shown significant improvements by all, you know, quantitative or qualitative measures. Our Congressman Bruce Westerman points that out to me constantly when I'm on the air with him. And that's uh, some people say, well, I don't I don't like Jeb Bush. Well, you don't have to like Jeb Bush. You just look at a program that he started and then look at the success. Now, is that a, a cookie cutter thing? We do what they do. I don't know. And I support our public schools that are doing a good job. But it's just about accountability. You know, can Johnny read and write? But can can he read at third grade level? Because if you're not reading at third grade level by the time you're in the fourth grade, you're not going to make it. It's, well, you're you're behind the eight ball here, the rest of your Here's career. my point, Mark. If the Supreme Court says, yes, that's that's constitutional, you can let the money follow the student, that takes away a huge argument that the other side uses all the time of it's going to cost us a ton of money to defend it if we do it that way. Well, it, it certainly answers that question. Uh, one of the things, Dave, that I keep keep thinking about when we're, we're dealing with this particular issue is, well, we do this at all these different levels. We give government scholarships to students. That's what the lottery was created for. And they can use it at Hendricks or Washita or Lyon or any of the private schools, just like they can at, at Fayetteville or UCA or, or, or UA Little Rock. So it's uh, the, the idea, it goes to private school. Well, mm-hmm. okay, we're doing that higher ed level already with public funds. All right, let's talk further with uh, State Senator Mark Johnson. Of course, he's running for re-election. And uh, for Spencer uh, Hawk, who is his challenger, I'll do a, a I'll I'll do a, a debate right here on my show. I'll, I'll, I'll Spencer, I'll give you a so. call and we'll come up with the time. All right, that you can come on in. We can do an hour. Or we can do two hours, and uh, you guys can discuss the issues here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's take a break. We got news for you, and uh, we got a Travis report for you as well. Want to get that for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show? All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. My special guest, and he's always special that he can find time. We got Senator uh, Mark Johnson in here. And, and, you know, Mark has been involved with the Republican Party forever. I mean. Seems that way. Yeah. I mean, you were you were the Pulaski County chairman for how many years? I think four or six. I don't remember. Yeah, you did it for Seemed a Seemed like a long time. Yeah. But Marissa's the- doing a good job. She's doing good a job yes. over there on that right now. Indeed, I'm going to be having uh, Christy on here in the near future. She's, you know, left she has a new job. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. left to take right. a new job. I think with yeah. the FDA, if I'm not mistaken, she can speak openly on things she kind of had to be quiet about. And that's why I want to have her on. Absolutely, want yeah. to to come on. So, but Dave, you mentioned I've go. been around, and I, my opponent accused me of being a career politician. Uh, I'm in my 60s. Uh, I've run for public office one time, and that was four years ago. This is I'm running for re-election. Right. He's run three times, and he's in his 30s. Now, who does it make the career politician? I don't accuse him of being one, but let, those are just the facts. Let people sort that I, out. <laughs> and I agree with that, and uh, we'll see how it all takes out. But I, I want that on the record for everybody, that – I would love to to do a uh, a debate here on my show. I'd love between to. Uh, State Senator uh, Mark Johnson and his challenger Spencer Hawks. 
He's a I'd, state rep. I'd be honored to. And and again, I want to talk about issues. That's all I've been doing yeah. in this campaign. Well, that's all I deal with here. Look, I was I was I'm part of the Lone Oak Republican Party, mm-hmm. and I was there last Monday night, and they had the uh, different uh, people challengers and and the um, man who's sheriff right now, Staley, who's the, the county sheriff. And people were standing up and making statements in that meeting that I would have put an end to like that. It has to be about policy. I mean, when we had Eddie Joe on here, uh, the challenger for Secretary of State and the Secretary of State, uh, you know, John Thurston, it was about policy between the two of them. And I thought they had a really good two-hour give and take during that time was very very uh well uh, done by both of them and when you walked away from that you knew where both of them stood if there was a difference in issues where that difference was so i was real proud of that was proud for the lieutenant governor one you know that was the same way i didn't get to hear that I oh heard that about was crazy it, you know you heard about <laughs> it right yeah i heard about it too no, right no people people thought that like I did, I thought Lieutenant Governor, oh, ho-hum kind of thing. It wasn't anything but ho-hum. Well, you had multiple candidates, and they're passionate, and uh, I'm, I'm, I heard some interesting things about it. And I, somebody didn't even show up who was running uh, for that uh, particular category. I mean, Leslie Rutledge decided not to show up, and she left herself open for broadsides, and she took some broadsides during that that. Uh, uh, town hall she really really did all right let's go back we you still we never got to 2023 that's yet. right well i have i got okay, a little okay. bit we talked a little bit about school choice do you think that it has a chance in 23 i have no idea it depends on who's elected i think that uh we have and 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 again i'm not going to make any disparaging things about any of the other candidates right but i'm going to operate with the presumption that the front runner sarah huckabee sanders will be elected correct i, I would she is i would uh, bet on her I'll be i think anyone with that says she's not ahead is uh kidding themselves but yeah. uh and and i think not not only think she'll be a good governor i think that uh, she will be a conservative governor uh the discussions that I've had with her and her campaign make me believe that she's open to looking at actually cutting spending, not just cutting taxes. Uh, and that's, that's the only re- that's the only remark you and I will agree on this. I know the only way that you can really cut spending or cut taxes is to cut spending. Now we can we got we got a billion dollar surplus, Dave. Yeah. We could cut taxes without touching spending. I don't that, know that we should true. or can right now. Governor's kind of said that he might do another special session. Well, I'm going to tell you, I would support that, and and it's a simple thing. When our people are having to you know go up to the gas pump, put gas in to get to work, and that means that they're going to be eating beans and rice instead of meat this weekend. Uh, it's time to give them a little break. And as again, as I go to door to door, people say. Would you support? I saw you got a billion dollar surplus. What would you think you should do with it? I said, well, we are a balanced budget state. We have to have some surplus. But I don't know. We need a, one sixth of our total budget sitting in the bank while right. uh, while our people are suffering. Maybe we need to look at a rebate of some kind or some other kind of relief. Is the governor talking to you all about this or is he keeping his clothes? His cards, as he well, typically does, close to the If he vest. calls me, you can bet it's a serious thing because I don't, 
Uh, I'm not on his uh, list of uh, speed dial, but <laughs> now I'll say this. When I've needed the governor, I called him and he's called me back. So I'm, I'm going to give him credit for that. But uh, I'm not the first legislator that he checks with to do things. But uh, we're, we discuss this. We'll see. And uh, I think we're praying that some of these horrible things, like, like, like the stuff that Biden's done on petroleum, keep in mind, He's only been president like a year and a half. Yes. And he's been able to destroy the economy with the inflation, and he's been able to take away our energy independence. We were we were a net exporter of oil. What in the heck is wrong that could be screwed up that quickly? You know that trends are going to happen. But, sure. But I think people are – eyes are wide open to this, and I, I just think in the short run we could – grant some relief now this is not a long-term deal that we've got a long-term deal we have to work at on yeah. fiscal matters well i've ca- supported i believe yeah. the calvary is coming in november <laughs> i hope so i'm i i'm like larry kudlow i believe the calvary is or coming. maybe the adults are going to come back and take maybe control. so but i'm going to say the calvary i think that they're going to show up and they're going to put an end to some of this insanity mansion I got to tell you, I'm believing he's going to become a Republican sooner than later because he now is reaching across the aisle. I asked Tom Cotton once about that. Could we get him to switch? And Tom more or less said, right now he can do more to help us where mm-hmm. he is than he, he can if he – I uh, agree with that. But, of course, if if, if he switched today, you know, uh, Schumer's out. Yeah. And and uh, uh, Kamala is irrelevant. I mean – We've had that happen before. And We've had it the other happen. way. We had a Republican become a Democrat, and it switched control of the of the Senate. All the chairmanships would change. John Bozeman John would Bozeman be chairman of, of agriculture. agriculture. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That would be that would be. Fa- Think about this: if Bozeman is reelected, if uh, Congressman Hill is reelected, if Congressman Westerman is reelected. And we take the Senate and we take the House. We'll have three chairmen. That's right. Two in the House and one, at least one, in the Senate. Mm-hmm. For, a, for a state that only has three million, three million people, that's a lot of power. That's probably pretty close to when Wilbur Mills was how, you know, House Ways and Means. And John McClellan, Chair of Appropriations yeah. and Fulbright, Chair of uh, uh foreign relations i mean yeah, think about was, that it, that's a total switch yeah it's amazing except they have r's after their name yeah yeah <laughs> that's it's really that is really 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 amazing when you think about it i'm you're i know for a lot of people they go oh, i don't care hey i'm telling you right now you're sitting in a historical moment in this country you really really and in the state i mean that it's red is one thing, but that it may be fire engine red is a completely another thing. Well, I, I think it's important that we recognize some of the things that have to happen for there to be the changes that you're anticipating right. in 2023. One thing is that that pink, maybe that's not the right word. Pink has a different connotation now, but yeah, uh, the the not the pale red Republicans may find themselves you know that they consider themselves moderate there, to some people there's purple. something attractive <laughs> about being a moderate i guess that means you're yes. not extreme what it means is you really don't stand for anything but i but again that's 
that's part of the thing of you got to stand for something like like my opponent you got to show up and vote i mean he you ask about education he missed 18 votes related to education issues uh, and if people think i'm not telling this properly go to where is spencerhawks.com and we've got all the votes well we've got we've got the significant votes uh, and we've got links to the legislative website where you can look for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Here's the official record and see, you know, what you think about it. So uh, it's out there. But but the thing is, these Republicans that are kind of, you know, wishy-washy on the fence, uh, I think they're going to be forced to make some real decisions if if they vote, if they should right. vote. And, and, and that's the change we're going to see in 23. I do think that – if Sarah is governor, you're going to see some initiatives that, and they may not all pass, but that will be truly fiscal conservative. There'll be some uh, reductions in some spending that seems to be an anathema to the current administration. And we'll actually uh, have a, a real transformation of state government, hopefully in a, in a more conservative manner. Now that's, I realize I, I spoke in kind of broad terms there, Dave, but but that kind of leadership uh, coming from the governor's office could make those changes, uh, and I and I'm I'm praying for that. I really am. Well, I'm hoping that she gets in there, and uh, at that point she sits down and powwows with you guys. She's already done that. Okay, and I mean really powwow. How do we get this done? How do we get that done? Where you know, you all are out there. You whips are out there. How many votes do we have to make this happen or that to happen? Secret weapon she has. It's a guy by the name of Brian Sanders. That's her husband. Okay. He's smart. He's quiet. He doesn't try to, he's not a Hillary. He tries to steal the limelight from the elected governor. But obviously he's an advisor. As she once said to me, she says, you elect us, you, you elect him, you, me, you get him too. And uh, I know from conversations with him, he is a fiscal conservative, and he will do the things necessary, advise her on things that can be done. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that part of it because too many Republicans in the past have not put their money where their mouth is on, on budget matters, mm-hmm. and I think we're about to see that change. Now, per, talk about her dad. Look what he was dealing with. He was dealing with a Democrat majority in both houses. He, you know, just had a, a spattering of Republicans. So you know, it's not like Mike could have gone in and, and and done these kinds of things and changed the status quo in the time he was. In. But but it's it's a different ball game now. All right, we'll come back, finish up our discussion with State uh, Senator, of course, uh, with this Mark Johnson, and uh, got a couple other questions for him. As we look forward to November 24th, well, May 24th, I guess I should say first. Then we look towards November. Then we look towards January and into February of 2023. All right. So I I know that I got to get a hold of Chase Duggar. He is the uh, chairman for the campaign uh, for Spencer Hawks. And I'll get a hold of Chase, and we'll find out if we can work out a uh, debate here on the show. Thank you, Dave. You I, I, again, 
anytime, anywhere. That's that's one that that's one that really needs to be had. To be honest, in in the talk, I I kind of would like to have one uh, as well uh, from over in the uh, the house as well. Uh, one of my favorite house members is being uh, challenged, and uh, I I really want her to have a chance to have a give and take on on what and, and i'll bring it up to you later okay for everybody. well this is the public service that that your station actually does and, and you know that's part of your licensure you're supposed to serve yeah, the public interest right. and this is doing that you're not taking sides you're providing a forum for the public to learn about candidates and and that's that's how the system's supposed to work so yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm certainly get- not dodging it I, I encourage my opponent to step forth and let's discuss. You've already really said you'll do it. So I'll do it. Okay, sure. now right. it's up to him. It's up to Chase Duggar and him. Well, uh, I got, but in the I meantime, want to get Mary Bentley and and her char, her challenger in, in the in the interim. I'll tell everybody whether or not the debate takes place. If you if you really just want to do your own comparison, go to the state a uh, website Arcleg dot state dot ar dot us or if you want to know specifically about the votes that my opponent missed you can go to where is spencer dot com and it will link you back to the roll call on on all those votes that he missed and, and here's what i'll do if we if we get these done and can get them together i'll bring alan kerr in and he'll ask all the questions i'll take my as i've been doing here through what we've done thus far i'll step back and Alan ask all the questions. Have a, 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 shall we say, independent moderator? Yeah, yeah. I won't I be here. Whatever format you would like to do, Dave, I would be happy to do. I'll only be here to keep the time and to talk okay. to Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, and making sure everything's going all right. We've got about seven minutes left here. Uh, let's go back talking about twenty three. What do you think is going to be the big issues in twenty three? I'm sure you're already. Uh, feeling you talking to alan clark and other uh state senators and what you all are wanting to get done in 23 what are some things people probably can can know if sarah becomes governor here's what probably will happen well i think sarah will set the agenda straight out of the box whoever is governor newly elected always sets the agenda and that's good it gives us some direction uh i think senator clark is is right he is of course assuming he takes that he will probably be the chair of judiciary again yep that's and what I he wants see some positive things coming from that um uh lieutenant governor griffin has will probably be the attorney general and he has taken on the issue of parole reform and you think about well parole reform that sounds pretty when you've that's got important. criminals walking the street because of a system we have where you serve 15 to 20 percent of your sentence rather than staying locked up Mm -hmm. then and you're out committing yet another crime because of jail overcrowding emergency powers act and a goofy parole system i'm not blaming the people have to administer it right but we have to change it at the legislative level and yes we need to build some more jails i was going to ask you that because dave that costs money but doing nothing costs too it costs in tragedy lives loss of property your insurance rates going up it's not free to do nothing 
and I appreciate Tim stepping up uh, on this issue. Uh, I think it's going to be a major thing. You know, you talk to law enforcement people. I talk to sheriffs, and they say the first thing a perpetrator when you arrest them, what are they? First thing they ask is, "Is this federal or state?" Uh huh. Because if it's federal, they know they're going to serve at least eighty-five percent of their Correct. sentence. If it's state, eh, they might be back on the street in six months. Well, if it, if it's federal and there was a gun involved, you'll serve a hundred percent plus. And it's not the late. Judge Parker in Fort Smith, he was known as the hanging judge. Yep. But by all accounts, he was a really good judge. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not the threat of punishment that's a deterrent to crime. It's the certainty of punishment that's a deterrent to crime. Crime has gotten totally out of hand in the state, especially in Little Rock. We could spend another hour on that. Yeah. But, and, and but that's, the only that's solution one that I'm working on. I'm trying to figure out how we do a mayoral well, type of uh, let's keep debate. the bad guys locked up, which if they're convicted, that's the state's responsibility. It's not the locals responsibility. They're supposed to hold them while before they go to trial. Instead, the jails are full around the state because we don't have enough room in the state system to take them. We just recently raised the reimbursement uh, to the counties who were having to had an unfunded mandate Correct. to take care of these people, and we've we've helped, but we haven't eliminated it. That's our job at the state, not the sheriffs and the county judges and the quorum courts' jobs. That is a scandal. I hope we can can fix. But if we can't make our people safe, Dave, we can't give them a, a relatively safe environment. Then we have abdicated the very first responsibility That's your number of one government. responsibility you're Protect exactly right the people absolutely right. you're exactly right all right so i will see what uh, spencer hawks wants to do if he uh, agrees and we can come up between the two of you with a date we will have a debate here on the dave ellswick show about district what district is it 17 17 uh which is a West Pulaski County and South Faulkner County. Quite a a lot of distance there in in that area. So uh, we'll try to make that happen. I'll get a hold of Chase Duggar and find out what he says, uh, yay or nay or that. shouldn't take too long to figure it out if we're going to make it happen. And we're getting at that point now where people are paying attention. I mean, you know, 24th, that's the primary day. And uh, then we'll all get together and talk about what happened during the primary and and uh, who won who lost and the whole nine yards i uh, i'm hoping to be over at the republican uh, uh, party that evening and broadcasting live oh great about what i usually do it we'll just i won't do it if uh, janelle and them say that they don't want me but if they let me do it i'll be there well i hope they do that they should allow all the the uh, media that would like to would think do so. remotes from there to do so. I would think so. We're out of time, buddy. It's always Dave, a pleasure always coming in. It. I'm a little more awake this time. Yeah, than you it, are. With these 6 a.m. More things. talkative, all right? <laughs> I like that. All right, we're out of time. Play a little bit of music for you. Coming up, Mike Gallagher will join us here in just a moment on 101.1 FM, The Answer. I get underway at 6 a.m. again tomorrow morning, Maybe. I'm not sure. It might be seven. I'm not sure. If it's seven, it'll be with the Bible guys. If it's six, it'll be with the females. If it's uh, at seven, it'll be with the Bible guys and then the females. But it's all going to be worked out by uh, tomorrow morning here on The Answer. Until then, have a great day, and thank you again, State Senator. We appreciate you.